God is here. And what you're going to receive today, you're going to receive anointing to carry back to your nation, to release in South Africa, and carry revival. Hallelujah. Because revival is truly now. It, this is a true word of God. This isn't just some made-up fun saying. It is the true word of God. Revival is right now. And, and not just any revival, but the greatest revival that has ever been. And even the end-time revival is now. greatest revival of all time because this revival is not a fading revival but it's a revival that's here to stay until Jesus returns yes. it's a revival where there is not just one anointed vessel of God and then they pass away and then the revival passes with them and it's just history Instead, it's a revival where God is pouring out his anointing to all of his children who can be trusted, who are surrendered, more humble. Hallelujah. Because we are all called to be vessels of Jesus in his fullness, which is Jesus who moves in power. The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk but of power. We need Jesus coming in power in us to flow out of us and touch people in power. Amen. This word revival is now, this was a prophecy that was released in Los Angeles first. Where, where I was, where I was, where we started our, a church, I started a church after God had called me to be an apostle. I did not want to be an apostle. I did not want to be a minister. I wanted to be a singer, a Christian pop EDM singer. But one day, I, I, after I encountered the power of God, I surrendered to Jesus everything when I encountered his power. And nine months later, I went to a conference and a prophet from Tanzania, Africa, was ministering there. He prophesies to me and says, you are actually called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. You're called to reach the nations and God is going to do many shocking miracles through you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Upon receiving this prophecy, first of all, I knew it was God speaking. Second of all, I was shocked. I was like, how on earth can this be? Because Public speaking was my biggest weakness and fear, literally. And I had, as much as I love listening to preachers preach, and I had gone to church usually twice a week my whole life, not one time was I like, maybe I am supposed to be a preacher, or maybe I should do this. Not one time. I didn't want this but I knew it was God speaking. Amen. And so I wanted nothing more than to be in God's will. So I accepted the call because I knew it was God speaking. So 
uh, nine months later, we started, I started Fivefold Church, and a few months after that, the same prophet came and, and, and ministered at a conference in Los Angeles where my church is. We were very small when we started out, just a, f- a handful of people, and this prophet prophesied, and he said, God has sent me all the way from East Africa here to prophesy to you that God has heard your prayers of many generations for revival. Hallelujah. He has heard your prayers and he is answering them now. It is no longer the time to pray for revival. Revival is now. Hallelujah. This is where the revival is now has come from, from a true prophetic word. When I heard that word, I was excited because I had been praying for revival myself. It had been my biggest passion to see others, to see my whole Christian and friend family, hundreds of them, actually encounter God in power like I had finally, when it took 25 years of my life to, I hungered for all of my friends and family and everyone to encounter God in power because that changed everything for me. I wasn't able to surrender to Jesus fully until I encountered him in power. When I encountered him in power, it was like I went from believing in him, believing he was good, believing he loved me, to knowing he was good, knowing he loved me, intimately me, knowing he was with me knowing his whole word was true with one encounter with his power. Because the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. That's when I really met Jesus, when I met him in power. It changed everything. So it became my biggest passion, my biggest prayer for revival, for people to encounter power, for the power of God, for it not to be so rare anymore. And so I heard this word of God, I was excited, and I knew that it was God speaking once again. I knew my spirit leaped. This is a true word of God. So I carried this word of God. We at our our small church, Fivefold Church, we held on to this word of God. God spoke to me, I need you to carry this word, to not let it go, to be like Mary, the mother of Jesus, who pondered these things in her heart and kept hold of the promise until she saw it come to pass. So keep, keep the fire, keep declaring revivals now, even when there's nobody in the congregation. And that happened several times. My, my best friend and our worship leader and the one who does so much, so much to help with every Revival Now event, Chantal right here, she's in the front, she's filming right now. But yeah, some of you know her. <laughs> yes, give her a hand. She's been with me since almost the beginning, stuck by, my si- stuck by my side. And we would have worship nights, Friday night worship nights. And we would call them Revival Now Worship Nights. And there were several occasions where there was literally just her father in the congregation, sometimes no one. And, and I would get on the mic and I would say, Revival's Now! To anybody who's watching on the live stream or in the future, if there's no one watching, <laughs> we would declare it. I would declare it. We would declare it. We wrote a song, Revival is Now. 
we would keep declaring it, keeping declaring it for four and a half years since I received the prophecy upon my life. And then three and a half years after receiving the prophecy of the revivals now, we, I was declaring revivals now. Three and a half years until we started seeing really revival break out into the physical realm. Things start in the spiritual realm, but it takes time sometimes for them to manifest in the physical realm. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was carrying the Son of God. She was carrying revival. But it took some time for others to see what she knew to be true. What was revival was now. Even when he was growing up, nobody knew they saw him as a normal boy. But revival was now. Hallelujah. And so what happened was I, I released um, uh, a, a one-minute video showing God moving in power that past year at our church, our church of five people that year. We, we started with 20 the first year, went down to 15 the next year, uh, 10 the next year, five the last year, 2020 hit. We went outside, we took church outside because we couldn't have services inside anymore. And there was just two of us, Chantal and I sometimes. But people would show up as they're on their runs through the park, they would show up and God would touch them in power. So we made, I made a little video of God moving in power that past year in our tiny little church. Because he would move from time to time. It didn't look like revival, but he was there still moving. And showing his, that his promise was true. Amen. And so that, that video that I put out on TikTok, it hit one million views in a day and a half by January 1st, 2021, which was my 30th birthday. Yeah. But what was even more incredible was that than the one million views was that there was thousands of comments on this video of people testifying of miracles that they had received while watching the video. People saying, I was healed as I watched this. I, was, I felt something leave me as I watched this. A couple people saying, I'm an atheist, but I felt power when I watched this. Hallelujah. One minute, 59 second video. And so what happened was God decided he was ready to move. He was ready to move in power and reach his people and deliver and heal his people. So within two months, we had our church grew to about 20 something people from five to about 20 something people. In March 2021, a woman flew from across the U.S., from Massachusetts to L.A., to encounter God in the park because she saw one of the videos. And she saw Jesus in that video. And so I began to pray for her. And as I prayed for her, I saw something I never saw before happen in my ministry when I prayed for somebody. And that was that demons started to convulse and manifest in her. She started shaking. Demons started then speaking, saying, I don't want her to preach. And so then Holy Spirit led me, gave me strength and boldness in this public park with um, a group of 60 people, worldly people, listening to heavy metal music blasting at 10 feet away. Amidst this, God gave me boldness and wisdom and strength 
and I commanded the demons to go, and glory to God, they left her. Hallelujah. A video of her deliverance went viral, and all of a sudden, every week, there's people coming hungry to be set free and encounter Jesus. Every week growing. Every week, deliverance is happening. More and more deliverance every week. And by, by mid-May, we had 70 people. We grew to, to 70 in, in mid-May. And that next week, May 30th, 300 people showed up. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and it was revival, like beyond what I could imagine. Demons were manifesting everywhere and being cast out. Everyone was jumping up and praising God in awe and wonder. God is faithful. Revival is now. Amen. I speak with assurance that revival is now because I've seen it. I've seen God be true to his word that revival is now. I've seen God be, be so faithful that when he says, I'm ready to move, I'm moving in power, and I'm going to deliver you if you can come and believe, I've seen him be faithful every time and never fail, never fail his people. Ever since, ever since May 2021, we've had hundreds come to our church in the park still. We're still in the park. Now traveling from other nations regularly, and ever since that day, so it's been a year and a half about, um, people have traveled every single week, gotten on a plane to come. And now God has sent this, this revival to, this is the 12th country this year. 12th country. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God has been faithful every time. I, we've seen just Jesus move in power and deliver those who are oppressed and heal the sick and release impartation of anointing every time. Revival is now. And today will be a day that will change your life forever. If you have faith, there is nothing that will be impossible for you today. Nothing. If you have faith, Jesus will heal you of whatever kind of sickness you have. He will free you of whatever kind of demon oppression you have. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want to share with you today some keys of how you will see this healing and freedom come to you today. God does not want you to miss out on this. And there's nothing that's missing for you to receive these miracles today that you've come for. And even miracles you don't even know you need, but God knows. So the, in this revival, what we're seeing is God actually restoring the Acts Church to the body of Christ today. Hallelujah. If we're real with ourselves, body of Christ, if we look at, if we read the book of Acts and we look at the body of Christ today, there's a lot that doesn't match up. There's a lot that we're missing that the Acts church had. So what God is doing now is, is he's, he's simply restoring what's missing. 
He's restoring what has been lost. He's restoring what we have rejected as the body of Christ over time. But he's asking us to now accept him in all of his ways. He's asking us to accept his principles. He's asking us to accept him when he moves in a new way. In a new way according to what we've seen. If we can simply accept the Jesus of yesterday, who's the same as today. Jesus who moved in the Acts church, will we accept him today? So there's some things we see in the Acts church. What we're going to do is we're going to look in the Acts church. These principles I'm sharing with you today of how to receive, they're simply in the word of God. They're simply what they were doing in the gospels and in the Acts church. Number one, key for you to receive healing and deliverance is to believe, to have faith. But, but to have the right kind of faith, to not have, to not, to not have a limited type of faith but to have a faith that takes the limits off of God and to have a faith with revelation. Meaning, there are, there are so many in the body of Christ today who have faith, but a limited kind of faith. A faith that Jesus exists, a faith that Jesus is their Lord and Savior, a faith that Holy Spirit lives inside, a faith that they will go to heaven when they die but it ends there for a lot of people. But there's so much more that God wants you to believe in so you can receive the more. You can't receive what you don't believe in. There are so many people who are just receiving a portion of what Jesus has provided on the cross, but Jesus wants you to receive it all. And this is how he will get the full glory. When you can shine that bright, so bright, in the fullness of Christ. And so your life can be a living testimony. This is Jesus. This is what Jesus has done for me. And he can do it for you too. Not the 10%. This is what Jesus can do for you. This is what he's done for me. But 100%, 100% abundant life. Jesus has done it for me. I don't have just one testimony, but I have uncountable testimonies, and I'm going to share them all with you that I can't get out of my mouth right now. And you can receive them too. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. People need to hear the testimony of Jesus to receive. To receive the fullness of Jesus is not just for ourselves so that we can have an amazing, abundant life but so that we can be the testimony of Jesus to prophesy to others. So they can receive the fullness of Jesus too, so that people can be attracted to Jesus. People will be attracted to Jesus in you when you're showing them the full Jesus, Jesus who comes in power, not the limited Jesus who doesn't help them with their problems that they're having, that they're facing each day. The Bible says that by his stripes, you are healed. The meaning of that is that when before Jesus even went on to the cross, he was already shedding blood for you. When he was enduring, scourging, whipping, 
whipping with a whip on the end of the whip was sharp pieces that were pulling his flesh out. I shared that, those details with you so you can really know the meaning of by his stripes you are healed. The meaning is that Jesus endured that horrific torture scourging for a purpose, not for nothing. For a purpose. Out of his love for you to be healed today. To be delivered today. Jesus does not want you suffering with sickness and demonic oppression. Period. Simple. So few times has this been preached. But this is such a major part of the full gospel of Jesus Christ. It is such a big part of what Jesus has provided for you on the cross. It is such a big part of the heart of Jesus and his ministry and the great commission he has called us to. When you look through the gospels, Jesus is constantly healing the sick and casting out demons. Constantly. It's not like it's a rare occurrence. It's not like he's preaching 80% of the time and healing the sick, casting out demons 5% of the time. It was all in one. Time and time again, it says, Matthew 9.35, Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. You see the and. It's not just the oh and once in a while, it's an and. And it even says every kind of disease, every kind of sickness. This is why I say it is God's will for you to be healed of that sickness. I don't care what it is. Mental, physical, whatever is not abundant life, whatever's keeping you from having a sound mind, whatever's keeping you from walking and having energy and being able to, to walk properly and, and have health and breathe properly. And God wants you to have abundant health in your body. Mind, whole body, everything. This is simply God's will. We keep, seeing, we keep seeing that it's his heart as we keep seeing scriptures like this time and time again. Constantly healing the sick. Constantly casting out demons. It also says in Matthew 12, 15, it says, um, Jesus, it says, many followed him and he healed them all. Not 50%, not 90%, all. So that would be like if Jesus was here today and he is here today. But if, if, it's like, if it's like it was the Gospels right now and it was just Jesus here and all, as I say, every single one of you had some sort of sickness, some sort of oppression, it would be as if Jesus healed every single one of you. Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever and Jesus is here today but the thing is is that we need to have faith in Jesus the healer 
Jesus the deliverer, Jesus our savior, Jesus our friend, Jesus our father, Jesus our Lord, Jesus our healer, Jesus our deliverer. If every single one of you can believe that Jesus wants to heal you and deliver you, and that he can't, he, he wants to, he can, and he will today. I'm telling you, every single one of you will be healed and delivered. Every single one. Hallelujah. This is real. This is real talk, I'm telling you. This is, I believe it with all my heart. This is not something like nice to say, it's real. This is the Bible, this is truth. Every one of you will be healed and delivered today. Everyone, if you believe. And then we know that Jesus gave authority to the disciples over every sickness and over every demon. He says, you will do the things I did and more and greater. So, so in other words, they're not lacking. They have the same power that Jesus had when he was healing all and, and delivering all. The same power they had and we have today because revival's now. And he's restoring what they had in the Acts Church today. So then we see the disciples doing the same thing. We see, we see um, for example, Paul, it says, it says Acts 14, 8. It says there was a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth and never had walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him and he saw that he had faith to be healed and called out, stand up on your feet. At that, at that the man jumped up and began to walk. Paul saw that the man had faith. And then he, he released the anointing. He declared healing. So you see how important faith is. You have to do your part to believe. God doesn't force himself. It says in, in Jesus' hometown, it, he could do hardly any miracles because of lack of faith. We, we, we have to believe. But it's, that's all we have to do. That's all we have to do. Just believe. I don't care if there's the devil speaking doubt in your mind. That's not truth. He's a liar. If you, if you find that today, if you find the, the devil's voice speaking in you lies of doubt, you reject them. You can speak where you are right now and say, I reject every lie. So number one, this key to have today is to have faith. If you're hearing lies of the devil, reject those lies. And you declare out loud, I believe. I have faith that Jesus is, Jesus is my healer, he's my deliverer, and he's going to heal me, and he's going to deliver me today. That's what Jesus counts as true faith, not your feelings, because many times the feelings come from the devil shooting lies in your head. It's what you choose to believe, it's what you choose to speak, and what you choose to keep as your truth. That's what God counts as faith. A lot of you have been delivered today just by that word right now. A lot of, now you can know that you all can believe. 
You don't have to let the devil control you. You get to decide. You get to choose to believe. Amen. Hallelujah. So this is the first key for all of you to receive today. Faith. Faith specifically that Jesus wants to heal you and deliver you. Amen. Number two, key to receive healing and deliverance today is to position yourself where the anointing is flowing. And this is what you all have done today just by coming here. There's some, there's some of you that even felt demons trembling in you this morning on your way here or as soon as you got here. This is because the, it's the power of the anointing. This is how powerful the anointing is. It is the anointing that destroys the yoke, the Bible says. Isaiah 10, 27. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. And what yokes are, are works of the devil. Works of the devil to try to steal, kill, and destroy. Works of the devil look like demonic oppression, look like sickness. So many, uh, most issues and struggles in life are spiritual, are demonic yokes. Anxiety, depression, panic attacks, night terrors, demons doing things to you in the sleep, um, infirmities, generational cancer, generational sicknesses, uh, division, spirit of division, um, addiction, rage, eating disorders, mental illnesses. All of these are spiritual. All of these have a, have a, have a yoke behind them. And it is only the anointing that destroys these yokes. The anointing has become pretty rare in the body of Christ. One of the big things that God is restoring in this revival is his anointing. Yes. Hallelujah. This is why we are seeing so many miracles happen in this move of God is that he is restoring his anointing. When the anointing is there, miracles happen with ease. It is not physical effort. It is not loud voice. It is not pushing someone down that makes demons to go, sicknesses to go, miracles to happen. It is none of that. It is simply the anointing. And what the anointing is, is it is the measure of the power of God that God entrusts to a vessel. He doesn't give it to just anybody. That's why it's become so, so rare. He has to trust that vessel with his anointing. They have to be trustworthy. To be trustworthy, they need to be humble, extremely Humble, childlike, teachable, surrendered, fully surrendered to him. That's when he pours out that anointing. 
and we see his anointing moving through his vessels throughout the whole word of God. From Moses doing all the mighty signs and wonders parting the sea, it was the anointing that God had entrusted in him. To Elijah, to then his spiritual son, Elisha, both doing such mighty miracles, it was the anointing they carried that God had entrusted them with. Then we see in the New Testament, we see people like Apostle Paul and Apostle Peter. The Bible says that Paul was doing such extraordinary miracles, Acts 19.11. Such extraordinary miracles that people were just bringing handkerchiefs and aprons to his body. And then they were bringing those handkerchiefs and aprons to the sick and demon possessed. And the sicknesses were going and the demons were fleeing. As simple as that. So simple. With such ease. Why? Because that's how powerful true anointing is. Jesus, he says this to the disciples when he first sends them out to minister, to two by two, to cast out demons, to heal the sick. They come back and they say, Jesus, the demons obeyed us. Just like they obeyed you. And Jesus says, I have given you authority over all powers of darkness. In other words, Jesus is saying, yes, of course, they obeyed you because I gave you authority over them. When Jesus is speaking this, he's also meaning anointing. The anointing is the power of God that also contains authority over all sicknesses and demonic powers. What makes demons to go is when they see anointing with the authority, it comes together, when they see the anointing and authority in a vessel. When they see that authority, they know they have to obey. Not just that, when they see the authority, when they see that that vessel knows who they are, knows the authority they carry. In other words, they won't let demons mess around and lie to them. But they see in the spiritual realm. They see. It's not like demons are seeing more than the anointed vessels. The anointed vessels see. And they know who they are and they know that the demons must obey. So what makes the demons go is, they, is when they see that anointing and authority. Just as when they saw it in Paul. There's a story in the Bible, in Acts as well, where it says that there were, there were um, sons of Sceva that were trying to cast out demons. And the demons, they say, we know Paul, we know Jesus, but who are you? Now, of course, these guys weren't, weren't believers, so they weren't really carrying any authority. But there's also something, a greater, even another revelation we can get from that passage these demons said specifically, we know Paul. Specifically, we know Paul. They didn't say we know this person, this person, this person, this person. We know Paul. Paul had extraordinary anointing, which meant he was walking in an extraordinary level 
of the power of God, in a high level power of God, where even principalities had to obey. So if they were principalities that sons of Sceva were trying to cast out, they, they saw that they didn't have the authority where, where they would have to obey them. But they saw that Paul had authority over them, over even principalities. So what makes demons to go is when they see the authority, the anointing. And when they see that you know who you are, your authority. And number three, when, you, when they see that you are executing your authority and anointing properly. Meaning you have revelation of how the anointing and how authority works. You have revelation of what makes demons to go. Peter is a great example of this, of, of having revelation of really what makes the demons to go. There's a story in the Bible in Acts as well, where it says, Acts 5.15, it says, when people knew Peter was going to walk by, they carried the sick out to the streets and laid them down on cots and mats, knowing the incredible power emanating from him would overshadow them and heal them. Great numbers of people swarmed into Jerusalem from the nearby villages. They brought with them the sick and those troubled by demons, and everyone was healed. Everyone. Peter, as well as Paul, as apostles, they carried, you know, they, it, we're in a kingdom, a kingdom government in the kingdom of God. There's different levels of authority and anointing. There's different levels of demonic powers, as I was sharing about principalities. The Bible talks about in Ephesians 6 that there are different demon, there's, we're not in a war against flesh and blood, but against rulers against principalities, against spiritual forces. These are actually talking about different levels of demonic powers. So in the same way, so there's a kingdom of darkness with order, a government. In the kingdom of God, there is different levels of anointing and authority. Apostle Paul and Apostle Peter had high level of anointing where even principalities had to obey. So what they did in the Acts church was this. They had revelation in the Acts church about what made demons to go and sicknesses to go. They had revelation. They had revelation of the power of the anointing and the authority. They saw where the anointing was flowing through Peter. That it was a high level anointing where even principalities had to go. So it was very simple. They just brought the sick and demon-possessed to the church, to where Peter was going to minister. And his anointing level was so high, his authority level was the highest, that when the demons came, they didn't stand a chance. Even the principalities had to go. All the sicknesses had to go. Peter knew his level of anointing and authority. 
he knew what it was that made the demons to go. It was the, him executing his authority in Christ. And how authority works is similarly to how a president, you know, issues a, issues a command. And because of his level of authority, things really happen with just a command. The president does not have to knock on every single person's door or prime minister, whatever it is, whatever country you're from. They don't have to knock on every door and say to you, to every single person, the same command. Just one command because of the level of authority. That's how authority works, right? A teacher has authority over children. A teacher who knows their authority and, and the kids know their, their authority and they know they can't mess around with the teacher's authority. He or she knows who they are. The teacher can eventually walk into the classroom just walking in and the children can become quiet, respect and obey, just like that. That's how authority works, right? And so... Peter had this revelation in the spiritual realm of how authority works and what it was that made the demons to go. The authority of Christ that he carried. The authority and the anointing. So, he did something so simple like this. He, 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 he could have said something like, I'm going to walk by and all of the demons and sicknesses have to go when my shadow hits them. And he just walked by. And those demons, they had to obey. They had to obey, they don't stand a chance. They don't stand a chance to the true authority of Christ. They have to obey. We don't need to fight with them, we don't need to wrestle. We don't need to put all this human effort forth. We need to know our authority and execute it properly. So that's the third thing that makes the demons to go when they see that you're executing your authority properly. This was how all of them were able to be healed because Peter knew that he didn't need to limit God. He knew he didn't need to say, okay, we're gonna have a 12 hour prayer line where I'm going to pray for each of you one-on-one. -on -one. No. He knew that that wasn't what made the demons to go. But it was the anointing and the authority executed that made them to go. That's why I told you today, every single one of you will be healed and delivered if you believe. Because the anointing and the high level of authority is here today. It is not one-on-one -on -one prayer that makes you to receive a miracle. So every single one of you from the front to the back today, this authority of Christ is gonna be executed in this place. From the front to the back, every demon, every sickness, every power of darkness has no choice but to obey. But you, you have to believe, you have to 
to take the limits off of God. You have to come with this faith, this powerful faith that they had in the Acts church. You have to come with this powerful faith. Taking the limits off of God and believing, Jesus, I know you are so powerful. I know your anointing's here. And so I know you will heal me and deliver me. No matter if I'm in the front or the back, no matter if I receive a one-on-one prayer or not, I know you will heal and deliver me. I'm telling you. 